All right, we are rolling. Hi. Hello. We're Welcome. recording to a new old computer. It's not My, well, it's a new, new well, hard drive. It's new software. It's it's new OS. It's new all that stuff. Oh, I actually didn't restore the backup. I I got files from the backup. Instead of doing like a full restore, I kind of started fresh with this guy. Okay. Then, you know, it's not Windows. You don't have to reinstall it every year or so. But, you know, it's been the same... You have to do that same with, with new Windows either. Okay. I haven't had to do that with Windows 7 for... I see. It's been like the same OS with a bunch of, you know, stale configs and things like that for five years now. Yeah. So I figured let's... Uh, I mean, it's been upgraded. But, it's always good to do You know, there's always stuff that gets pulled along. So it was kind of interesting starting from scratch and like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I had this set up. Well, you should block. explain what happened because... Oh, yeah, so... A, we were at Saver last week, and... A little hot, by the way. I that's feel just, that's just little, the monitor. Yeah. The levels are really good. Um, we were at Saver last week, and... You probably I noticed was, in the, yeah, <laughs> the files. posting the shows, and almost done. And the computer freezes. And, like, I thought it was Audition. Like, okay, quit Audition. But then the Finder freezes. Like, the only thing that was working was the mouse was moving around the screen. And uh, I was kind of worried that the hard drive had bit it, because it looked like it had lost all access to the drive. Mm -hmm. Reboot the computer. Computer says, no operating system, no drive. Good, bye-bye. So, I was... If you hear that rumble in the background, there's a thunderstorm happening as we speak. Yeah, so I still had the original data files. You know, I had backup software. Thunderstorms will continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had, you know, backups of the the bumpers and the drops that we had recorded previously. I, you know, but I was yeah. concerned about the uh, the lost data. or the Well, not the lost data, but the lost prep work that I had done. Mm. Uh, got home. And mounted my failed hard drive on another Mac that I have in the house here and was able to get all the prep work. Like except for like the big file that failed when I was when it actually like locked up. And I tried doing drive maintenance and recovery on this stuff, but there were just certain cells on this SSD that were just dead. If the operating system tried to read them, it went into a black hole. Mm. It did a SATA read. And never got an answer back anyway. You know, the OS, like, did not handle that. Like, the drive is supposed to say, time out, or no. There was no halt condition on that. There was nothing. It just went into this black hole. So as long as I avoided these tar pits, Uh I could get stuff off the drive. So I was able to get enough off the drive. You know, a couple reboots, and I grabbed the bad file that was in the the tar pit. But uh, aside from that, I got most of the data back. And, uh, yeah, I got the shows up Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. Yeah, so... Ahead of estimations after the failure. I was happy. And then, yeah, I had to redo my computer. And like I said, I opted to do it from scratch. Sounds good. So, uh, anyway, so we are back. We're actually doing this on a Sunday because I had a, um, I don't know how, uh, Irish wake of sorts to go to yesterday. And uh, so you and your family went, uh, quote unquote, camping. It was camping. 
Just it's because not, dinner it, was at at breweries it, doesn't it, mean it wasn't camping. Well, how much time did you spend at the campsite? Every moment that we weren't eating dinner. Okay, but you still went outside the campsite to do to eat. To eat. To, yeah. To, well, I mean, there was two breweries I hadn't been to less than twenty minutes away, so it's like, hey, you weren't exactly roughing it, is what I'm saying. Why? Because I didn't cook dinner over a camp stove. Right, you did. You weren't camping, camping. You were traveling, and instead of staying in hotels, you were staying in tents. I don't know. I, sure, we didn't make two dinners, but other than that, it was camping. We hiked, we canoed, we fished, we did all the stuff in the park at the state park, except for when it was time to go get dinner. We went to a brewery. Okay, so it wasn't like you're going to museums during the day or something. No. Like that. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it's more justifiable, and we sat out some heavy duty thunderstorms too. So, where'd you have in in your tent or in your car? Um, under a rain fly, uh, sitting at a picnic table. Mm. Always set up the rain fly. That's <laughs> something I learned a long time ago. Sometimes it'll scare the rain off, but when it doesn't, it's very useful. Mm. So we have a decent sized one. It. It's more than big enough to cover a picnic table. So, you, I mean, it's nice and dry under there, even though it's just a roof, no walls and anything. So, I mean, the wind would have really have to be blowing to get you wet. Is it interesting now camping when kids have iPads and things like that? Um, they... It's kind of a, a nice break, you know. I mean, they had them in the car. And, like, when it was raining, we let them use it. But, you know, the rest of the time it's, you know, outside play type stuff. So, you know, I think a lot of kids, you know, it's funny, like, you know, there's, in these state park campgrounds, it's almost like a neighborhood subdivision of of tents, you know, you got neighbors and everything. A couple of kids were pushing their bike up the hill and one was telling the other one about, you know, Minecraft or something like that. You know, <laughs> that's the casual conversation. It's, you know, they're not in front of their tech, but they're always, you know, they're still talking about their tech. If I remember being a kid and doing that sort of thing and talking about Nintendo games, so mm-hmm. that doesn't right. surprise me. Right. Or before then, you might oh, talk sure. about Space Invaders or something like that. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you're right, but it's... No, they weren't talking about... I don't know. Like, what, the baseball game? <laughs> I mean, you're right. What you said makes sense. I was just thought, you know, like, you know, these guys are away from their their internet for a, two days, and, you know, they're like... But no, I get it. When, uh, you know, sure, there was lots of talk in Boy Scouts when we were camping about the video games that we had and things like that, so it's really no different at all. Um, Maybe the difference is that it's more of a separation than it had been in our generation, right? I mean, it wasn't... Nintendo, for most people, wasn't as you... The headphones that I'm trying to fix just <laughs> fell off the desk for some reason. I thought they were firmly centered on the desk, but I guess not. Um, you know, it's like, sure, you went two days, three days without playing Mario Brothers. You know, saying, you know, you're offline... It's a bigger separation. I, I just I, I think you're equating some. I'm, 
I could see maybe there wouldn't necessarily be as many kids talking about Mario Brothers at the time, but they mm-hmm. would be talking about whatever was the popular culture thing at the time, whether, you know, talking about what happened, uh, you know, in the Steeler game, or they're talking about what happened in uh, the television show mm-hmm. that everyone was watching, or they're talking about what happened. Oh, sure. In, sure. Uh, I mean, just trying to say, like, the, the separation when you go off into the woods for days. I mean, unless you have a mobile phone with data plan, you know, I mean, you're. Just one of the main ways you socialize is not right. just talking about. Sure, I'm not. Th- I'm not. I'm not necessarily talking about that specific conversation. I'm just talking about the. You know, you're giving, you're giving up a lot of the way that kids communicate these days. It's a bigger separation, I think, than what we gave up camping as kids. For you know, thirteen, fourteen year olds. Um. Okay. Yes. Probably. Yes. It's it's a it, it's a bigger separation from their social networks than they're they're used to. Right. So sorry if I blurred it with that specific conversation of Minecraft or whatever the guy was talking about. But yeah, and, and it's funny the uh, both alien. But yeah, I think you find you end up talking about the same things whether you're a social network or not. Mm-hmm. Social network just allows you to talk to more people about it. Right. Go make some friends. Some real friends. Oh, look, an emergency alert. Both our friends are going nuts. Avoid flood areas. Jesus. Come on, Apple. We're on the air. Wow. In case you wanted to know, we're not being nuked. It's just a flood warning. Wow. They both went off at the exact same time. I guess that's good. I mean, good planning. <laughs> Jeff and Greg are together. Let's give them the alerts. There's only one interruption instead of two. So, so now I'm gonna have to turn off flood alerts along with the amber alerts, huh? <laughs> do you still have the? You probably don't have the amber alerts turned on, do you? Yeah, I, I mean, I have the alerts turned on because who knows? Yeah, but they don't adhere. Like the amber alerts should adhere to your do not disturb settings. Yeah, because you don't need to be woken up at three in the morning even if it's in the same city as you because you're not going to be seeing that bu- that tan buick you know <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, what else um jurassic park was released this jurassic world okay was released this uh, this week i'm i have no interest in seeing it whatsoever Part of me is, part of me is annoyed that uh, they still, twenty years later, have not updated the dinosaurs a bit. Most of these things that that are, that they're talking about, or a lot mm-hmm. of them at least, had feathers. We're covered with them. Oh, these are still reptilian. Yeah. No, you got to keep the franchise the, the consistency of the franchise. What's wrong with using it to? To show the world how, yes, actually, a a hawk-like creature is pretty scary. Still, just because it has feathers, right, I mean, it's they can't. It can't be just incorporating new science because they actually had brought dinosaur DNA to life and they didn't have feathers. Well, so, well, how do you explain in the feathers today? You can you can explain in by they had to fill in more gaps than they were aware of at the time, and they were able to find more. And they oh, found... so they substituted more dino- or reptile DNA, yeah. and they, now they put in bird DNA, and it just happened to add feathers. Mm-hmm. 
I guess that's good enough for that kind of movie. It, it's good enough for that kind of yeah, for that kind of explanation, for a kind of hand wavy explanation of yeah, we're, there's um, there's more going on than than we thought at first. I don't know. I don't know. There may be a line of. I mean, I suppose you get away with having a line in in the movie being like, "Well, yeah, we know there are feathers, but this is what people wanted, so this is what we made, and we can do that because we're making genetic monstrosities in the first place." <laughs> so, <laughs> but but then you get the fact, and then these these creatures are not creatures that actually existed. So the whole story of Jurassic World is, is they're making a new dinosaur, I oh, guess. They're okay. Because because old dinosaurs, the quote unquote real dinosaurs weren't a big enough attraction. Which I don't know. It looked like in in the previews that the park was full, so oh. I didn't see a whole lot of empty seats. But whatever. And so they made a new. They made a new dinosaur turned into Godzilla and yeah. took over the world type thing. Well. They, they made a new dinosaur, turned into Godzilla, and took over at least the park. I don't know whether it takes over the world. Like I said, have not seen it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Just totally not interested. Did very well, though. Okay. Second highest opening uh, ever. Only um. second to uh, the first Avengers. Okay. People like dinosaurs, I guess. Uh, what? Oops, sorry about the noise. I was trying like to adjust the dinosaurs. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that haven't seen Jurassic Park. You know what Park. it really is? It, it's People that haven't seen Jurassic Park in 15 years. And like, oh, I remember that movie. That was good. Let's go see Jurassic World. The, the honest, Honestly, the, the real thing is it's not like people like dinosaurs is the answer. It's people like Spectacle. And this offered a... a Essentially, a guaranteed spectacle based on the names that had come mm-hmm. before and, and and what you were expecting. So, people like that. So I can understand. Okay. We saw what is probably was probably the last episode of Community, right? And I thought it was excellent. It was pretty good. I mean, it was. Actually, I, I need to watch it again. Yeah, you know, just because I watched it once. I told you I had watched it, but it really hadn't synced in. And so now it's, you know, it's sunk in a little bit. But I really want to go back and watch it now. Again, I re- you know, it, it's kind of the episode where they kind of are cutting the first scene a couple different ways. You know, they go back and replay the intro and the scene plays out a different way. Yeah. So that was kind of almost like the roll the dice episode, right? Sort of. I, I, I think it's... Community is a show that's all in constant conversation with itself and in, in some ways its fans. And the the episode was in some way the show telling the fans, uh, you know, it's it's okay to let go because look, here's what we could do. And they basically <laughs> said, all right, look, we, we could go about doing a very formulaic thing what we what we've done before. We could change up the things, but look, I mean, does this really does do any of these? Work? Do any right. of these really seem to work? And we'll throw in some jokey things too, because because they're all all the recasts are based on the personalities of the people, mm-hmm. so they have that going with it. But so, but there's also a concept of look. I mean, we can try these things, and you have to you have to like Abed says one point, you have to swallow a huge pillow contrivance for any of them to really work. We could try them, but really, isn't it better to just be like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let, let, let's let let go? And that, I kind of love that aspect of it, uh, the the 
acceptance of uh, the finality of it was very was very nice and and sort of the winking like look we can continue if you really want to do you really want to I love that the question was essentially posed mm-hmm. and and it was very funny it was very funny it was it was yeah I, I want Jeff Winger's <laughs> season 7 <laughs> you're the smart one I, I think <laughs> that ending was great too because that was you know for the, the, the line which was Patrick Brewster had was you know what I think as, as a humble outsider who came in and nailed it which <laughs> I thought was hilarious because <laughs> it's exactly what she did um but she said, you know, we should all close our eyes and think about what a great season seven, which is, she's talking to the audience. Mm, she said, right. like, close your eyes and imagine what a great season seven would be. That's probably going to be better than anything we could make. Right. So, yeah. And you could have the same jet wing <laughs> season seven if you want. chicka, wow, wow. And, of course, Jeff's like that. And you'll, you'll all leave and I'll be okay. I'm kind of a hero that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. Good finale. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of finales, Game of Thrones is actually airing right now. Okay. So I don't know if you've watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch. Yeah, I've seen everything until now. So okay, so there are people who had a lot of complaints about the last episode. When Shireen bought it, Shireen, how can you not remember? Because I have a lot going on. I watched it and I remember liking it. I thought it was another action-filled episode. Stannis's daughter. Oh, oh, all right. Is that her name? Yeah, that was. Uh... People were like, "Oh my god, I can't watch anymore." Like, I, I actually had a conversation with somebody at, at, at the thing yesterday. Said and he came to me because he's he's big Game of Thrones fan, a friend of mine, and he came to me. He's like, you know, I, uh, I can't. I don't feel like I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones anymore. And I was like, what? And you know, we had this long conversation. Eventually, it came down to he's not going to watch Game of Thrones the very first thing as soon as he gets the chance. He'll wait till like Tuesday to watch it. <laughs> but it was him being like really overly dramatic about because he just. He was it didn't upset. kill the actor, actress. I know that, that was part of my point, and it was like you know, it, it actually kind of made sense. The story, the episode story, didn't justify it as much as the book probably would have. I agree, mm-hmm. but lately, because it didn't, it didn't show Stannis. Didn't Stannis didn't seem to be in as desperate a situation as you would have expected for that to kind of pass. But this is the end of the fifth season. They're kind of they kind of gonna put the foot on the gas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, it didn't seem. Out of place. I mean, they had played it up in a, several scenes in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. They were in dire straits. Food was running low. People were going to die and whatnot. So, I mean, I accepted for what it was. Um, and then I, I read back, you know, I mean, not read back, but I read into the scene, figuring out that the sacrifice, you know, because they didn't, at first, they didn't really spell out that the sacrifice was to appease the gods type thing. They did mm-hmm. later later towards the end of the scene. But, you know, I had, you know, figured out, you know, this is why he's doing it, you know, and, uh, I mean, it worked for me. I'm curious to see whether it has an effect. I'm, I'm really interested to see whether the sacrifice has an effect. And let's see. 
So there are things coming up that I'm curious to see because they're basically the last bits of the book are going to happen uh, in this episode. So I'm curious to see what the reaction to to what happens, and then we'll be kind of be in uncharted territory at that point. Okay. When's the next book due out? Do you know? <laughs> there is no such thing as due out. It just plops when it plops. It'll be ready when it's ready. Like I said, though, I I, I expect that. How weird is it that the um, TV is now head of the book? I mean, George R. R. Martin, I presume, has a lot of input into the plot. Well, yeah, I mean, so. he 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 mapped out what the plot is for the people who write the TV show. But so, okay, so here's what happened: R. R. Martin started the series. He originally planned when it, when he originally came up with the book idea. He originally planned it for it to be three books long. He kind of fell in love with his world. It got very, you know, it got very popular in, in literary circles that you know that, that are interested in that sort of in fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. And he diligently, you know, wrote the, you know, the second book, and the, and the third book was just huge. The third book had so much stuff happen, uh, so much that they split the third book into two seasons of the TV show. That's how mm-hmm. much happened in the third book. And then he kind of meandered for a while. So much that he released one book, A Feast for Crows, which only tracked like half of the characters, and is and the only reason that he probably released that was because he needed to get something out. And then he released his second book, and that was supposed to just do the other half of what was happening. But he had at at that time there was so much that he basically then added on a whole like another book worth of they all sort of came together. <laughs> So, I mean, it really was George R. R. Martin kind of just got so into the minutia of the parts of his story that he kind of started to skid it. And in fact, so the difference between A Feast for Crows and Death of Dragons was six years. It was during that period when the first Game of Thrones season happened. So there's been, there was a six-year wait between two books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're waiting for The Winds of Winter, which should be the uh, penultimate book. What I expect is that The Winds of Winter is going to be huge, but it's going to be like Sword of Storms was. It's going to be essentially two seasons worth of action, and then A Dream of Spring is supposed to be the last book. That'll more, that will probably be kind of more of an epilogue, kind of more of a literary thing, and so the major plot points will be covered in the next book, and I expect the next book will come out before the next season comes out. Okay. I, I think that's probably the most likely but it may not be the situation that we see who knows i expect the winds of winter will come before the end of the show but there are still two seasons to go so who knows gotcha interesting it's almost like it's it's almost like uh created a monster right with so much to maintain, yeah, and so, like, and actually guiding that towards you know the next step is there. There's weird things that book readers are complaining about now, like that there are certain characters that were cut. It's kind of it, it's funny to me because there are certain characters, kind of certain character lines that are being condensed into two or three characters. One of the major complaints people had about the story was that there are so many characters, and now people are complaining there aren't enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they have their pet character that they liked. Yeah, or something like that. Probably it, it, most of these minor characters were. There were, I mean, like Strong Bellas is a fun character, but he was not exactly a 
major important character, so he was cut. Uh, his story is essentially done anyway, so that's there's no point in going that way. Anyway, let's see. Uh, acronyms versus initialisms. Did I talk about this? No. All right. So, are you aware of the difference? An acronym. I've never heard of the term initialism until just now. There is. So there, when we think of acronyms, a lot of the things we think of as acronyms are, in fact, initialisms, as opposed to acronyms. Okay. So an example of an acronym would be NASA, mm-hmm. or SCUBA, or uh, LASER. The BREW Act. Any, any, almost any legislation. Right. The Patriot Act. The example of initialism would be CIA, FBI, VA. Okay. So have you have you picked it out yet? Oh, maybe DEA. I misunderstood. USDA. I misheard you, or you misspoke. I think you said they were both initialisms. Oh yeah, those example of initialism. Yes, FBI, okay. CIA. But you said for. The other ones too. Right? The, the 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 acronyms were NASA. No, okay. I think you said initialism for those two, but maybe okay, not. Okay, well, an, ash, an 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 acronym: SCUBA, NASA, Patriot Act, Brew Act, initialism: FBI, CIA, USDA. I don't. See IBM. It. I don't see the difference then. What's the difference? Laser is an example of an acronym. So, I'm not saying L-A-S-E-R. Oh. I'm saying laser. I'm making it into a word. I'm pronouncing oh, I it as a word. Whereas if I'm doing FBI, CIA, I'm saying just the letters. I see. So those are initialisms, not acronyms. I see. Okay. Is it misused a lot, I guess? Yeah. It, it's a language thing, you know. I mean, I mean, I've never heard of initialism, so you should be on the go on initialism uh, awareness campaign. <laughs> I think it's cool to to know the difference. I think it's uh, I think it's more interesting than not to to recognize in, in the same way that uh, <laughs> in, in essentially the same way. I think you know, it's Pluto is not a planet. It's de- it's important to recognize the difference there that you have between Pluto and other objects that we call planets. Uh, in fact, I, w- I would go further to say that the we should classify the inner planets differently than the outer planets as well. They're different types of objects. Mm-hmm. But these are different types of words. These are different types of ways of putting things together. So, right. I like classification. Speaking of that, I was thinking about because one of the things that was on in the background was a baseball game yesterday. I was looking at it, and I was kind of thinking about... I've just been recently doing more more math stuff, more um, stuff with uh, especially unitary rotations, but that's neither here nor there. What I was looking at was baseball and trying to figure out what it was that I found different about baseball. Because I'm always trying to explore. I think I, I... I leaned into something that may be an answer to to why I feel baseball is different and why I'm more interested in baseball. Other than, of course, you know, I grew up with it and that 
certainly had something to it. But the way I look at it, football, hockey, basketball, all these sports are there are a lot of events happening simultaneously, a lot of things happening at once. Baseball is kind of a study of one event happens and what are the consequences of that single event. I guess. But... And what's, what's interesting is that about that is... Can't you say some... I mean, can't you look at football kind of the same way? You can look at football as... It's cut up into groups, but there's a lot of constant chaos between things happening, and, and so there's a lot of more chaotic things that are occurring. Baseball is a less it's a less chaotic system, so so you can make kind of pretty accurate predictions based on statistical situations. Where in in football, hockey, soccer, those kind of situations are harder to it's hard to tease out because there's a lot more. Dynamics yeah. going in. Okay, that's why stats are so important in baseball. I mean, they're really people are very reverential of stats. Another alert! Uh, here comes another alert. So I didn't get it this time. <laughs> um, where was I? anyway? So yeah, so stats play a huge role in baseball and. Big role in like you know figuring out who is going to be a better baseball player and things like that. They're not perfect. Moneyball shows us that that there are things that come into it. like uh, the law of large numbers does not apply to small numbers. That's an important thing that uh, Moneyball I think sort of left out, which is that this works for 162 games, doesn't work for seven games. Okay, so the these, but but. It's it's a study in in the chaos of, of one interaction. It's kind of the particle accelerator of sports games. It's all right. One thing happens. One thing happens. What's the consequences? And we can then say, right? We can say, you know, okay, this similar situation happened. You know, somebody on first and second, two outs, in uh, you know, in in the bottom of the inning versus the top of the inning. You know, what what are the situations that are happening? That the fourth the, the person to clean up is coming up, as opposed to the pitcher is coming up. These all these situations we can take and make tables and sort of ascertain um, possibilities from them. So that's why you see like this just pop up nonstop in baseball games. More so than I think in other games where it's more you get a feel right. for things. How things are developing. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I get a hand on that the bus. That was very funny because I think that was Jeff sort of <laughs> Jeff's esophagus speaking for him. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't want to cut you short on baseball. It is ten o'clock, and I got we got work in the morning. So let's get on to the show.